Murabai. Good morning. I'm Judith Lay and this is Praise, the programme that connects faith and daily life. Radio. Our programme today is a TT special. In a few moments, I'll invite you to meet the racing preacher, Andy Haynes, who's found a way to combine his love of bikes with his love for the Lord. Andy's story is one of real faith in action, and he'll be telling it right after our opening hymn, chosen specially to reflect Andy's lifelong commitment to serving God. Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to Thee. was the London Fox Choir and Take My Life and Let It Be Consecrated, Lord, to Thee. 
and I really think that my special guest today could have prayed the words of that hymn at any point in his life, and they're most certainly a true reflection of his faith today. On Thursday morning, I went down to the paddock to meet Andy Haynes, who's here to compete in his second TT as sidecar passenger for experienced driver John Shipley. Andy is also a Methodist local preacher, and we sat on the tailgate of his van with all the activity of the paddock going on around us so that I could discover the story of the racing preacher. My first question was, which came first, the racing or the preaching? Oh, it was most definitely the preaching. That definitely came first. So uh, I followed a, a bit of a calling through and I was very nearly an Anglican minister, but met a lovely Methodist girl and ended up getting married to her. <laughs> and she's now gone on to be the Methodist minister or will be next year. So uh, always been the preaching first. So let's do a little bit of your faith story. Did yeah. you grow up in a faith-filled household, Andy? Not really. And that's not meant as any sort of slight to my parents at all. Quite simply, my mum's from Northern Ireland, a Northern Ireland Catholic, uh, came over to England in the 60s, met and married an Englishman. And when we were younger, uh, we was taken to Catholic Sunday School, which was run by my French teacher from school. So immediately, really excited on a Sunday morning to then go to a Sunday school run by one of your teachers. So I pestered my mum so that I could go to the local Anglican Sunday School because it was bigger and all my mates went. I went to that, ended up joining the choir of the local church, two services a day, two choir practices a week. Then from that, joined the youth group associated with that church. And then from that, found that quite a lot of the girls from the youth group went to something called Connections on a Sunday evening, which was forming connections with God. So I followed the girls to the Sunday evening youth group, found two things, my first love, and also really found faith. That first love didn't last, but love for Jesus did. And, and there we are, really. Andy, it's a great story, and I love to ask people about their faith journey because it can be just a chance meeting, it can be just a youth group, it can be a, a Sunday school outing that you get invited to. Oh, gosh, yes, and certainly um, that's sort of how I very much met my wife through that sort of chance or God incidents rather than coincidences, sometimes people say, in that um, a friend, actually her ex-boyfriend, was part of a Christian rock group that we used to do services together. So I would preach and do the talky bits and my other friends would play the music. And the long and short of it was, as part of the youth ministry degree my wife was doing, she needed to do some voluntary work in a secular environment. I was helping run a day centre for the homeless at the time. So she came and volunteered for me at the start of the week and by the end of the week I was wanting to volunteer for her as a husband ultimately and that's how we met and literally Louisa and I met and within four days she proposed to me and, and I said yes and that was 16 years ago and I was very close to going on the Anglican Selection Conference for the weekend too and everybody's saying you're a shoo-in to be a minister however I went to the meeting on the Monday before the weekend bounced through the door and said to the guy supporting me met this wonderful Methodist girl I'm going to marry and he said you know what go away and be a husband just become a couple become a husband and if God calls you back to this then he will and I was fine with that I said this to Louisa she was really bothered by the fact that her coming into my life had taken me away from my call to ministry. My instant reply, and I know it was the spirit that, that put the words there, was quite simply, well, maybe my role in ministry is supporting you in yours. And as I say, she's halfway through her ordination training at the moment, so that's clearly where God's taken our lives. 
with our kids we're very much bringing them up just quite simply do the best that you can and just be a positive contribution in the world of course we want them to do well at school and we try our best to help them but equally as well we're always saying to them just do the best that you can and if the best that you can is four out of ten in your spelling tests fine you know yes let's try and help you make sure that that is the best that you can do but fine not everybody's gifted at spelling and if you're going to go off to university or whatever as everybody likes to think that's the career path fine but if it's not there are very valuable people in the world who do all sorts of roles so just do the best that you can is that is our motto really are they interested in your preaching and and, and the spiritual side of you and your wife's life increasingly so yes because they're 13 and 10 samuel's 13 and esther's 10 and they're both very aware that the reason they have those names samuel the story in the bible that hears god calling and realizes it's god's call we have a special prayer that we do each night with him that recognizes that and the same with esther that she bravely stood up at great personal risk and stood for the right things so so we sort of link clearly they're reminded of that not every day because they're kids lets them be the kids but i'm very keen and conscious that we want them to grow and develop their own faith not the faith of their parents so that they really grow from that which is what we we really hope for them i the lord of sea and sky i have heard my people cry all who dwell in dark and sin my hand will save i who made the stars of night i will make their darkness bright who will bear my light to them whom shall i send here i My special guest this morning is TT competitor, sidecar passenger Andy Haynes. So far, we've heard about Andy's faith life, his openness to listen for and trust in God's plan for him that's led him to marriage to Louisa and the arrival of their two children, Esther and Samuel. As Andy mentioned, Louisa is halfway through her training to be a Methodist minister, and Andy is already a Methodist local preacher. So I think at this point we do need to find out about the racing connection. Well, quite simply, I've always liked bikes, motorbikes. Um, I used to have to walk to school, and I had to walk past a motorbike shop, Wiley in Holland, motorbikes in Market Drayton in Shropshire, and always loved stopping and seeing the bikes then joined the local motorcycle club didn't have a bike but managed enough money to buy a helmet so I got to ride on the back of a lots of bikes went to a race meeting saw a sidecar race at that meeting and always thought I fancy having a go at that but not the driving bit the passenger bit 
and then girls and life and work and other adrenaline fueled hobbies just happened and then for my 40th I came over here to watch the TT got talking to a guy in a hedge as you often do here turns out he's a sidecar passenger and I said I'd love a go at that but I don't know whether I'd be any good or if I'd like it and he said you seem to have the right approach of it's not just bravado and he gave me a website through that got in touch with a couple of people before you knew it I was sat on a sidecar and found reasonably quickly reasonably straight away one I enjoyed it and two I was reasonably okay at it and then I've just learned and gone from there the bit I very much enjoy about passengering is getting the sidecar to do what the driver wants so if the driver's confident and isn't having to think at all about the passenger that's that's where you want to be because so the driver can just focus entirely on driving the thing and i enjoy just sort of feeling what the sidecar's doing even your hands and your feet and any bit of body that's in touch with the sidecar you can sort of see how it's handling and i can adjust my weight to deal with that and then it's especially important round here whereas on a racetrack if you run a little bit wide there's rumble strips or, or grass here there, there isn't that so i quite enjoy the okay it's going to be bumpy through here so a little move over here can just help keep the sidecar more flat and those sorts of things john paid me a really good compliment last year at the towards the end of the week they said over the mountain i just looked once or twice to check you were still there because throughout the rest of the course i've never really had to think about you so that's a good compliment you've got to get on well off the bike as well as on the bike because really we're here for two and a half weeks and we'll only not be able to talk to each other for about 40 minutes when we're doing two laps and a bit longer when we do the three lap races so we spend a lot of time in each other's company and passengers will always say sometimes drivers are funny beasts because very much they've got to steer and control it so john my driver thinks a lot about things but doesn't overthink things so you're going to give him some space to think but equally as well then know the right moment to just talk to him about little bits about the bike or the suspension setup or and we'll do some laps together and he'll be talking about well I need to do this here and it's a bit bumpy there and I go okay well what I'm normally doing here is this so I'm sat there sometimes thinking right well if he's saying it's a bit bumpy and a bit skittish here then I can think right well I'll just move a bit more there which should help settle the bike and then quite often what we'll do is maybe do that on three or four points of the course because it's a big course then we think right those three or four points we're better at now so next time we go out and drive a lap together in the van we'll look at another three or four points so if we do four or five of those that's 20 25 points of the course that we're we're starting to iron out together it is a lot of work it isn't just even the official practice sessions as you say it's the times that you spend going around the course and talking about it together how many of you are in the team we've got uh, john and julie are over and it's myself we're the people who've come over from uh, england and then we've got a couple of people here who or john's sister and uh, brother-in-law live on the island a couple of john's sons are i think are literally due to arrive at the moment and one of his sons lives on the island as well so we've probably got seven or eight people at least what's your best placing in in the sidecar event i think it was 21st or 22nd last year so um, really pleased with that last year we did every single qualifying session and we did every single race finished all of that no mechanical issues this year yeah we've done all the laps that we could possibly do which is unfortunately only two so far but they they weren't two good laps because of some suspension issues do you race anywhere else during the year yes with john the the same guy here um i race in the british f2 sidecar championship so that will probably see us out 
nine ten times as well as the as the tt and um, over in the island i also race classic outfits and i did the pre-tt last weekend and we got a fourth and a third so really pleased with that excellent you race with a very obvious christian presence you have the cross on your leathers yes yes the the uh, bible verse that i have is acts 2024 which is however i consider my life worth nothing which is always a bit amusing people say in sidecars Um, however i consider my life worth nothing my only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord has given me, that of testifying the good news of Jesus Christ. Do people talk to you about it, Andrew? <clears throat> yes, yes. I'm not in your face with any of it at all, but people do. Christians who see it say, are you a Christian? I say, well, it's a bit obvious you've got a cross and a Bible verse on you, yes. Whereas other races will say, do you believe in any of that stuff? And I like a bit of banter with people and I like to think I've got a bit of a sense of humour and we have a laugh. But people will say, see, do you believe in that sort of stuff? And I go, yeah. And so we just often just opens into natural conversations and you'll be walking along maybe just to the toilets or something and someone will walk alongside you as you're about and they'll go can you just have a you know a quick word upstairs for us yeah of course I will you know and I never make a fuss about any of that. Seeing you around after three four five days here if somebody did have something on their mind they would perhaps be drawn to thinking that they could have a chat with you about it as being somebody who would naturally empathise or understand. I'd like to think that just by being an approachable person, people, if they felt to do that, and certainly a couple of days ago I put out on social media that, look, if you want a prayer or a blessing or something like that, just let me know. And whilst I might put what I eat on social media and pictures of food or toast or, or daft stuff like that, but equally as well, I put on the post that, look, discretion's assured. So, yeah, four or five people did send me private little messages and say, I know such and such is there, or we're also competing, could you just pray for us? And sometimes it'll often be, I don't believe in any of that stuff, but to know that there's a bunch of other people praying for me or just holding me in their thoughts or my family whilst I'm racing in their thoughts makes them just feel a bit more comfortable. So, yeah. Wonderful ministry. I'm sure this gives you loads and loads of brownie points as far as your children are concerned. (laughs) How does your wife feel about you doing this, Andy? She's not a fan of the racing at all. However, what she would say if she was here, and I never make any secret of it, she would say, I wish he wouldn't race and I don't want him to race. I've had a couple of accidents and obviously that raises the anxiety stakes up even more. But she would say, I love him and I love him that much. I'm not going to stand in his way and stop him doing something that he clearly likes. Do I fully support him in it? No, because I want him to stop. But equally as well, I'm not going to stand in his way so I make no secret of, of that. Talking to you I get the increasing sense that when you think it's time to stop you will know and you will obey that. Yes very much so and that's how the whole racing preacher thing came in in that um, I've been racing for a year or two just just as plain old Andy Haynes and uh, I was feeling on a particular Sunday afternoon feeling a bit lonely and it was the end of the season and I thought is it just end of the season blues and I thought no it's not there was something spiritual going on I knew it was and I stopped at the track before I left and just stopped in my car and just had a little pray which was why am I feeling a bit empty and it quite simply was you'd love it if God just spoke to you um, like he does in uh, in heaven almighty or something like that and there was just an overwhelming sense of you're missing your Christian family because you're a lot of the races on a Sunday. So I'm just missing being in church. 
And my prayer then was, God, well, if I need to stop doing this, I'll stop doing it. And I'd, I'd wish the answer was, no, carry on, or yes, stop. But there was an overriding sense of, if you're going to carry on doing it, do something with it. I thought, oh, what's that mean? And then over the winter, that's where the whole, oh, I could racing preacher, ah. And then the Bible verse came to me through a spirit-inspired moment. I thought, right, okay, now I'll carry on doing that. And that's just sort of how it sort of evolved in to that and it wasn't that I thought oh I've got a particular ministry to do in the sidecar paddock no 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 not at all it was just let me just stick on the back the racing preacher have a bit of fun with it are you Christian then yeah all right and I often have a phrase which is if I wasn't on my knees on a sidecar on a Sunday morning racing it I'm on my knees in church on a Sunday morning and that's true every Sunday I'm either racing or in church I will go I will hold your people in my heart I, the Lord of snow and rain I have borne my people's pain I have wept for love of them I will break their hearts of stone Give them hearts for love alone I will speak my word to them Whom shall I send? Here I am, Lord Is it I? If you leave 
Thank you to my special guest today, bringing the spirit of the TT to the programme, the racing preacher Andy Haynes. And our other hymn today, another hymn of obedience, Here I Am Lord, is sung by Colin Ray. Thank you for listening to this week's Praise Podcast. There's a new Praise Podcast available every Sunday morning. You can subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and Spotify via the Manx Radio smartphone app or at manxradio.com. So, till we meet again, this is Judith saying thank you for your company, and I wish you and those you love every blessing in the days ahead. Mm-hmm.